listening to the Colorado Springs Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. Hey, Colorado Springs, Chris Lopez here. And today's episode is going to focus on Jenny Bayless's 2020 goals update. And this is a little bit of an ad lib episode. We had originally planned, Jenny, to do uh, come back and revisit a property, one of your rental properties we talked about. Um, we talked about doing R- an ROE, return equity analysis, a couple months back. We'll link the episode in the show notes, but we had a hard time putting this in a spreadsheet and talking about it, got a little too nuanced. And we realized that taking a step back and just putting in context of the bigger portfolio, bigger goals was the way to go. So with that in mind, we're talking about your property, plus some goals updates and have some fun. Yeah, sounds good. So should we start with the property, the goals? Where do you want to go? Let's, we'll talk about the property just to kind of, you know, discuss that. And then we'll roll into the goals because... You know, it's part of the whole portfolio. So that seems like a good transition right there. Yes. And believe it or not, I still cannot believe this, that this is the end of September and we're going to be calling for the 2022 goals updates for the next edition of the book here in a couple months, which is a little uh, scary to me in terms of timelines and that the year is almost over. But starting with that, where do you want to start with the property? Backtrack it. Give us a quick recap on the on the property, the details, and what you're planning, and we'll talk reality. Yeah, so I'm probably going to shoot out a lot of numbers, so try to stick with me here. Um, Bring it on. It's really not that important in the grand scheme of things, like you said. Like we'll we'll talk about some of the bigger picture stuff for it. Um, but I had purchased this property um, four years ago for one hundred and ten thousand. Put about five thousand dollars into it. Um, as of, you know, uh, three days ago, the loan balance was about 116. And I. And this is a property you bird originally, right? Yes. Mm hmm. Um, and then uh, at the time, I had thought that the property, if I were to fix it up, would be worth about 280. I was thinking probably about 230 in its current state. Definitely needed some TLC, um, which once I got got eyes on it. It really needed some TLC um, after that. So it's probably a good thing that I fixed it up. Um, yearly property tax, $600 a year, no HOA, $900 a year for insurance, which it's gone up a little bit um, over the last month because it was also my renewal month this year or this month. And uh, 4.375% interest rate on the loan, $600 payment. And I was getting $1,100 a month in rent. So $500 spread between just gross rent and mortgage payment. Yep. So great spread. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Um, So during that ROE, we had talked about, we're just probably going to keep it the same. Um, But if the tenant were to move out, where would I fall on that spectrum? Would I do the max cash out refinance? Would I do it safe cash out refinance? Would I sell in 1031? Lo and behold, like a month later, I get find out that he's moving. So, hey, I had a roadmap. I didn't actually have to think. It was perfect timing in in that sense that I didn't actually have to put too much thought of, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? Because it was kind of unexpected. So we decided. Well, I mean, yeah. I want to pause here for a second. Yeah. We, we uh, you know, looked at the spreadsheet before we, we got on the podcast today. And I mean, the tent moving out, you have the option of refinance, but, you know, improve and refinance or improve and sell. Mm-hmm. 
And even in its current, you know, with how much properties have increased in Colorado Springs and all that, it was still around like a, a low five cap, mm-hmm. maybe just a five cap for easy numbers, Yeah, which is still, you know, in the current market conditions for a single family home, a, a relatively good deal mm-hmm. in the current market space. So it wasn't like a clear indicator to sell and trade up to reposition the equity because you still were in like a, in the in the good side of the cap rates. Yeah. And yeah. roughly we use like 4% as a rule of thumb and you're at I think 5.1, 5.2. Yeah. Yeah. So you were still in a, in a, a very good spot, which made sense. To like, you know what? Let's keep the property in the portfolio right now because it still makes sense as a rental and ride from there. Well, trust me, during the rehab process, I had threatened uh, to sell it multiple times. <laughs> threatened to who? Yourself? <laughs> to my husband, myself. <laughs> I was like, we're done with this property. I'm tired of it. Like, let's sell it. Let's get rid of it. He talked some sense into me. Like, no, it's a, it's still a really good hold. Like, let's just ride it out and, you know, it'll be good. So I've come to the other side of it now. You what know, was so bad about the renovations, though? The property was just in worse condition than um, we had remembered. Um, so it just needed full overhaul outside. Was that tenant issues or just <laughs> your guys' memory? Uh, I'm not sure. It doesn't matter at this point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we had to do the bathroom, the kitchen, floors, paint, um, a lot of repairs uh, to some underlying plumbing stuff that we came to find out. Uh, the yard needed some overhaul going on. So we got it all straightened up. Um, it was probably about a month and a half it took um, on a thousand square foot home. So, did you do was it DIY? Did you hire it out? Oh, no, we hired it out. The only thing I did, um, I had to rip up the carpet myself because we were on a tight timeline and that was going to bump everything out. So, I was over there till you know, like eight at night on my knees, like you know, ripping up carpet and everything, which did not smell great. Um, <laughs> so maybe that was the... Did it smell like asbestos? No, no. It smelled like other things. All right. Good. <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah. yeah it smelled like wet dog and all sorts of stuff mm. like that. So, um, yeah. So, you know, that, that, that passed. Uh, we got, we got through that. It looks beautiful now, if I do say so. I didn't do the improvements to it. So the contractor did it and it looks but great. But you, you did the improvements with uh, rental upgrades in mind, right? Yes. Not sells. This is an important thing to talk about because yep. I have done that mistake in my first property that yeah. I over-improved it when I rehabbed it. Um, you know, and for rentals, that's a very common thing. You over-improve it the first, you know, one or two times when you have properties. Yeah. So uh, that's a really good point. So like some of the things that we kept into consideration is that for the shower, we did, um, I'm trying to think of the word, but it's basically like a, a veneer, like a bath fitters type veneer um for the shower and then the tub as opposed to tiling it okay um because that's what the neighborhood commands um it looks really really fresh it's like all white and everything so it looks great kitchen um you know i had done backsplash on a different rehab that we talked about this that's what we walked i mean posted youtube right yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. this neighborhood doesn't doesn't need backsplash. I have brand new cabinets, um, nice laminate countertop, stainless steel appliances added in a dishwasher. And that is top of the line for this area. So I definitely was very mindful of that. And then flooring, I did laminate flooring um, just so that we don't have any carpet issues in the future. I think- So uh, zero carpet? Zero carpet. The whole thing is laminate. 
um, bathrooms, kitchen, bedrooms, all that good stuff. Um, and then for the yard, we ended up uh, just mulching the front and then mowing the back. So we didn't have the rocks that we had done in that previous house that uh, was rather expensive. It, this was just grading it down and putting mulch. Um, so just keeping in mind, you know, the balance, because it's a different neighborhood than that other neighbor, that other house that that we had walked through. Now so, let's talk about that for a second, because yeah. you're, you know, you, this is a great topic to talk about. Is you looked at the property in context of what the neighborhood is, you know, where it's at. Mm-hmm. From both from a rental for, rental perspective, a sales perspective, and you have to put in the context of, hey, what is this current, you know, micro market, this mm-hmm. neighborhood, what is it demanding? Where is it at? And yeah. you, you're you not going to change it. You can you can way over improve it and no one really cares. Or you can just go with the trend and do what the market wants. Yeah. And you do what the market wants, which is what you should be doing as an investor for, you know, efficient use of your capital. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was very easy for me to figure out what it was that we were going to do on this particular home, just because I, I feel like I know the neighborhood very, very well. Whereas that other neighborhood is changing so quickly. I had to kind of do a little bit of guessing. I think I guessed right for the most part on that other rehab that we walked through, but this one, I was feeling very confident with, with the upgrades that we picked. Okay. Yeah. So how did it all turn out? Yeah. So, um, ended up about 32 K all in for everything. Um, what was your budget? I didn't have one. What was your mental expectation? I was hoping for XCPA. I was, I was thinking 20 and that just was not even close. I'm yeah. glad I know you and I budget the same way. Yeah. <laughs> Incorrectly. Yeah. Well, I, I always budget wrong. Like just when I think that I've learned like how much things cost, like, you know, years have passed and prices have gone up and then I'm I'm wrong. Um, so yeah. So, I've learned to uh, double the time and double the budget. And <laughs> yeah. I'm usually within the right right yeah. ballpark then. I think if I had, yeah, if I had doubled it, I would have been closer between that and the closing costs. It would have been right on. <laughs> so 8,000 in closing costs for a cash out refinance on this. Um, now, did you pay the pocket or is this, that was just wrapped in the loan, right? It was taken out of my proceeds. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So no direct out of pocket. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I still I still mentally think of it as an upfront expense as part of the rehab. That's just how I kind of categorize things personally. Um, so ended up uh, appraising for 295, which... Um, a few months ago, I was thinking 280 fixed up. So, um, like I said, like the contractors did an amazing job. It looks beautiful home, um, which was kind of uh, evidenced by the the demand that we got when we went to to list it for rent. Um, so yeah, 295. I did a 70% LTV. Um, just. I was working with uh, Bill with Cornerstone on this yep. one, and Bill the lender. Bill the lender. He he helps me kind of hone in on you know what LTV gives you or what LTV, and then what rate buy down is the best. You know, you find a sweet spot. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, just tell me, just tell yeah. me what I should do. So he said, you know, this one's the best best option. It ended. So up- let me let me kind of I want to take a step back and yeah. put in this context of bigger stuff in it. And I know in it's either previous podcast or previous conversations you and I've had is I think you generally try to keep around a like a 60, 65% total portfolio loan to value ratio, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Did that come to play with like find a sweet spot on here or is that you don't care at this point? Um, no. Just depends on the numbers, what Bill says. Hey, here's what yeah. you can or can't get. 
it did not matter because we had a rather significant movement on loan paydowns, which we'll we'll talk about with the goals. So I know that I'm running, I'm running on the low end. So I have some wiggle room on my overall LTV balance. So this is you just kind of doing mental, mental math. math. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So yearly insurance that went up about 130 bucks, 3.625. Very happy with that rate. Um, and my new monthly. And this was a cash out or terms only. It was a cash out. So three six two five for a cash out. Yeah. On investment property. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. And so I'm smile for that one. Yeah. And I'm also very excited because this is, you know, my first property that I got a loan on by myself after I quit my W2. So that's kind of like Oh, congratulations. Yeah, that's kind of like a big deal for self-employed people. Oh, that's so, huge. Yeah. So I was really excited if about that. If you're self-employed, you'll appreciate that. If you're not, <laughs> it'll go over your head. Yeah. But yeah, that is uh because that is like the bane to the uh, self-employed existence. Of yeah. Being respected by a lender. Yeah. <laughs> so I can carry on again, you know, without the the crutch of my husband's W2 job uh, carrying me along on that. Um, so yeah, estimated mo- monthly mortgage payment, principal and interest, 940. And then drum roll for how much we got in rent, 1625. What were you expecting? 1450. Oh, wow. So that's a big bump. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. a big bump. Um, I, I, I was a little hesitant, but the market was showing that 16-ish was you know, appropriate for a three bedroom, one car garage. Um, so went for it. You know, what, you know, what's the worst that can happen? We'll just lower it in a week yeah, or whatever. Take a week. Oh my gosh. 50 bucks. I had to turn off. Um, I had to turn off the ad. I just had too many emails um, for it. So yeah, it worked out really well. So if, if we're looking at the, you know, in the, in the previous version, 1100, with 600 in PNI, that's plus 500. Now we're at 1625 with 941. So say, say those last two numbers again. So uh, 1625 and 941. Okay. So a little bigger spread. So just from a, a pure like high level gross spread. Yeah. That's what a hundred and hundred dollars and change better, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And That's awesome. Yeah. I was really happy. So when all was said and done, after paying for loan costs, I walked away with 82000 So, yeah. <laughs> it was worth me, you know, cursing out the house like <laughs> a couple of weeks prior. So. So 82000 yeah. in value or $82,000 in, in cash. cash out refi? Cash in my bank account. Yeah, from the cash out refi. So um, definitely paid myself back for having done all those improvements. Um, you know, but that was 32000 So that's still a really good return if you think about it that way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, I still made, you know, I, I walked away with net 50K um, and then a higher spread of about 100 so. 150k or 150 a month yeah and and this is something you know as as you know investors go out there look at properties keep in mind like we often get so focused on what is today's returns i buy this property in year one i expect x cash so x x this x that and that's a very important metric but 
I mean, I don't recommend it. I don't think you do either. They're like, don't just get tunnel vision on that mm-hmm. because, you know, as year two, year three, year five, year six comes on, what happens? Hey, the market grows, the market expands, rents increases, prices increases. Now, be like what we had the last couple of years? Probably not. No. I mean, I, I, I'm not counting on that, Mm-mm. but I still expect it to be like, you know, growth versus negative. And this is an important thing to look at when it comes to like, hey, where do you want to place your capital? What do you do with the market? Like, do you expect the market to tank? I don't. Yeah. Nope. And so you got to take that into context. Say, hey, what's the market going to do? How can I get a good return today, but also plan in year two, year three, year four, year five, um, and grow from there? And, and this is a perfect example of what you did where, you know, you've, well, I guess double bird the house. Yeah. Or, or no, no, not bird, but you call it burn. I did a bird. The slow burn. And then right? a slow burn. So, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. okay. Say that, say that again. Explain <laughs> a little bit. So in 2017, I did a traditional burr. Uh, buy, renovate, rent, refinance, repeat, you know, call it a day. Four years later, uh, that's what we call a slow burn, meaning just kind of letting the market do its thing for a little bit. There was some forced equity in this case, um, just just in the, the fact that I did renovations to it. So it was a little bit of a combo and ref- cash out, refinanced it, rented it. And now I have a you know, nice little nest egg that we could reinvest. So, you know, one thing for listeners out there, if you had a property for a couple of years or a few years, your tenth turning, this might be a great time with how the market has appreciated in both prices and rents. Plus, we're still in a very, very low interest rate environment. Mm-hmm. Fix it up, do a cash out refi, take out the cash. You got $80,000 at 3.625% interest rate. <laughs> amazing deal yeah. like there's a lot, lot of opportunity out there and this is what's so exciting about real estate like you know in your 401k or your you know your index funds or your brokerage account great it increases but you don't get the opportunity to go out there and be able to add value refinance pull out cash you just can't do that in you know non-real estate investments so if you have properties out there, consider looking at it, depending on where your tenant's at, your property's at. But also as you buy properties, I know numbers are getting, you know, slimmer. You know, they're getting the, the margin getting slimmer every year now, but they're gonna keep going that way, yeah. is my prediction. Yeah. Um, so ride that trend and realize, hey, in three, four, five years, there might be some value opportunities like you're doing here. Like this is real estate, and you have to have that long-term perspective. Absolutely. Which brings us to your goals. I want to loop back to this, Jenny, because your chapter in the in our annual, you know, our annual 2021 guide to Colorado real estate investing, it was very concise. You did some great points on there, and we like to talk about it so that you know us as investors and other investors in this in this book can hold themselves accountable, but also discuss about learn about it. So I'm going to go through your goals on here. And specifically, was this property in your goals list this year? No. So <laughs> what happened there? What, what went wrong? I mean, life happens. Things change and you just have to pivot, you know, like I think that's really the, you know, the crux of it is that yeah. just really taking what, what you know, I, I could have been just cranky about having to, which I was a little bit, um, you know, having to rehab a property I wasn't anticipating, you know, spending time and effort doing. But, um, you know, as of two days ago, I'm very happy with with having put in that work um, to do that. So it's just 
you know, you're going to get curveballs. Uh, that's just life. That's just being a property mm-hmm. owner and just roll with it. So I'm going to read you some questions here. I want your, I want your, uh, your snap decision feedback. <laughs> okay. So I'm on page 93 of this year's book. Uh, under your rules for investment, I do not want to own an empire. Yep. Still accurate. Okay. <laughs> Number two. Make sure I don't overextend myself. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about rehabs, pulling out cash. How do you balance all that? Yeah. So, um, we'll we'll you know spoiler alert. We did pay off um, two rental properties this year. With, Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it feels feels really good. And people listening are probably like, "Why did you cash out refinance if you just paid off two properties? Like you could have just used the cash." And you know, um, but that's just kind of. One, we didn't know that was going to happen. And then two, it was just kind of looking again at the overall portfolio. What is my equity position? What is, you know, what are the properties kicking off? What are the, what's the interest rate environment? This property had, you know, a quote unquote high interest rate in the in the force, you know, which is kind of silly to talk about. Um, but, you know, just looking at it saying, okay, well, there's really not a huge impact to me to pulling out cash. Yes, I could leverage like my entire portfolio to the hilt. Um, but, you know, we just chose to kind of cherry pick how we we're going to do that. Um, so overextending myself debt-wise, uh, I, we're definitely moving in the right direction there. Um, time-wise, that that one's probably, uh, I'm probably a little guilty of um, spending too much time on, on the renos personally. Like you as a project manager, are you doing the work? What do you mean exactly? I mean, me, yeah, project managing and, you know, doing some work, like I said, ripping up disgusting carpet and, you know, cleaning some things here and there that you know, I just didn't have the opportunity to outsource, just given that constraint. And it was too much for a ripple effect for you just to say, you know what, take care of it in a week. Yep. Yep. Because I was like, what's worse? Me just sucking it up for this evening or having to call like a ton of people and try to get everyone's schedule adjusted. So I was like, yep, I'll just take the hit. No, I mean, and that that is just real life. Like you have your plan and then reality (laughs) comes into play and you're like, all right, well, yes, I'll, I'll deal with this. Yeah. All right. So number three, ensure adequate cash reserves for all aspects of life. Check. Check. Yep. All right. So we're on page 94 right now. <laughs> Personal budgeting goals. I don't know how much you have to talk about here, uh, but any updates on that? No, we're just continuing to every month keep track of our expenses. So what's that look like? Do, do you and your husband meet? Is it, hey, 6 a.m. on Sunday morning, the third <laughs> Sunday of every month, do you meet to do your budget? We don't. We Not anymore. Um, like we used to have more involved conversations about like, you know, maybe we can cut expenses here. Maybe we could do this. Maybe we could do that. Um, it just doesn't have as big of an impact to us now yep. that our conversations have evolved more towards, you know, like this one, for instance, what should we do with this renovation? Should we cash out refinance it? Should we sell it? Should we, you know, do nothing? That sort of thing. So like our, our conversations have been more higher level, h- higher impact. 
and that's just the evolution. Like, let's say a step back and, you know, hey, you, you know, you're, you know, when you're, when you're just starting out in your twenties, you know, no kids, you know, building on everything. Like it's a very different stage in your life. Mm-hmm. Hey, fast forward a decade, you're starting a family, you got more, you know, more assets under, under management for yourself. Like it's just a different story. And that's how things change where it's like, Hey, we're not worried about you know, saving $20 a month, let's focus on, you know, more wealth creation over here. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's the evolution of it, that it took me a long time to understand and appreciate. And that's just, you know, that's just part of the evolution of being a successful investor. Yeah. So your real estate investing goals, we're moving on to page 95 <laughs> right now. What did I write? Let's see. <laughs> yeah. So I think I mentioned we're going to close on number nine. We did check January. So we did that. That was a townhome, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then just paying, I wanted to pay off one home. Um, so we- and You paid off two. I paid off so two. So you're being an overachiever. <laughs> I mean, probably, you know, two steps forward, one step back, since I did do the cash out on the one. But um, yeah, I'm very I'm very pleased with that. I think, it, you know, even though mathematically it would have made more sense to either rate and term or cash out those two properties that we paid off because they did probably double in value since we've owned both of them. It was just a personal thing back to, I don't want to own an empire. I just want to own, you know, a, a handful of really well-refined performing properties. Mm-hmm. And so have you made change in your portfolio this year? You talk about well-performing properties. Mm-hmm. Many changes to like, hey, it's a, you know, and when we take it in context, this year, as we all know, has been an extreme seller's market. Yeah. Great time to sell a property. Yeah. You know, um, so if that's, you know, it's also a great time to optimize your portfolio. Hey, I've got this, you know, this just pain in the butt property. Yeah. I've got this dog of the property. Did you make any changes in your portfolio <laughs> this year? Yeah. So we bought a, a dog property that had so many issues in it. Fixed all Like the- flooding? Flooding, right? yeah. sewer. Uh, I'm sure there was more things to it that I've since blocked out. It was just yeah. We won't go down the PS, yeah. PS, PTSD route. It's not <laughs> it therapy. Was, so it was awful. <laughs> yeah. So we we fixed it up because you know we we want to do right by whomever would like to own this thing next, right? So we we fixed everything. We had to fix the sewer twice. Um, spent you know a, a small car's worth uh, of money on doing that. Um, and we managed to walk away with a teeny tiny profit, uh, from it because, you know, it it took that many (laughs) months to work through the issues. Um, we decided to sell it because like you said, it just, it felt heavy. Like, you know, I I, talk about that. Yeah. So, 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 I mean, you're obviously coming from a a, a CP analytical background and I'm talking about heavy, which does not quantify in the spreadsheet. Yeah. So, um, you know, my husband, Mike, he's, very analytical as well. And he, he would just tell me, he's like, this property stresses me out. He's like, I know we probably fixed everything on it, but just the thought of having done so many repairs within, you know, a month of owning it, I just, I don't like it. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like it is a very stressful property. Like I I feel like I I don't want to get like, you know, uh, you know, kind of down a, a weird path, but you know, I feel happy when I think about all the other properties, whereas that one is kind of like a dark cloud. Um, just thinking about all the stuff that we did and, you know, he's like, let's sell it. And I'm like, we're not going to make any money selling it. We're going to lose so much if we just bought it. Like you 
purpose of real estate is you got to hold on to it for many years. He's like, no, I don't care. Like, let's just sell it. Um, and believe it or not, we were able to sell it at a teeny tiny profit from that. So well, that, that's great. Yeah. Ellison and it's also just, back. you know, a great thing to keep in mind that, you know, no one's plans go according to, you know, plan as we want to like, you know, rally those meet the meet the plan there and you accept it. You're like, you know what? Like, for all the stress, like, hey, the spreadsheet, we should probably just suck it up and go with it. But for all yeah. the mental stress, you know, waking up at three, I'm worrying about, like, it's just not worth it. Like, yeah. that's the balance on there. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's a great thing to be able to to be aware of and handle because it's not worth, you know, losing sleep over on a consistent basis or yeah. causing friction in the in the household. Yeah, yeah. So any other big portfolio moves this year? You paid off two properties, um, had a very successful you know, slow burn, mm-hmm. um, got rid of a dog and just, you know, the <laughs> dog of the portfolio, any other big portfolio moves? That's a really good question. I, you know, I'm starting to feel at the point now where I'm very happy with what we have. We, we had some turnover, so we got, you know, all those realigned. We were able to raise rent on those turnovers. As I've mentioned before, we keep, uh, tenanted properties, at the same, you know, same or very close to rate. So it was, you know, kind of nice to be able to do a pretty big bump in between tenants um, on a few of those. So I feel like we've gotten into a really good groove. Um, I still would like to get to number 10, just, you know, it's just a nice number to have. So we might be, you know, looking to buy number 10. It would probably just, you know, go with what you know. We're really good at single family rentals. It'll probably just be a solid single family. At this point, probably like a turnkey single family. Yes. Yes. I feel like we deserve a a turnkey at this (laughs) point. (laughs) All right. So last section of this chapter, your real estate, your goals as a real estate professional. Yeah. And I mean, what quarter one of last year, I think you, you left your W2, new home, new family, all, you know, big life changes. Yeah. And you've been an agent for a while, but want to make that your full-time career. Mm-hmm. So talk about that transition, because you know we have a lot of listeners going through or thinking about similar transitions, and also just what the goals are and how reality is shaking out. Yeah, I mean, looking back on it, it was absolutely the best move I could have done, but it was also the scariest move. Like, you know, new house, new baby, that's a lot of responsibility to take on in, in one year. Um, leaving a job that I had for 10 years that, you know, I had a, a pretty good career at, but ultimately this was what I was most passionate about. Um, I don't think I would have been able to do it had I not had the investment properties backing me. Um, and uh, then also my husband has a stable job too. So that is kind of what propelled me to be like, okay, let's take the leap. So, um, you know, we were just kind of chatting. It was a little slow going last year, which was totally fine. I think that's a reasonable expectation to have when you're, when you're leaving a career and starting to be self-employed, like you should not, you should not expect an income, you know? So any, anything that you do make, I think is a cherry on top. Um, I was kind of thinking a year, um, but I think we, you know, the team sped that up a little bit. Um, so come January, we were full force and growing the team down here. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean exactly that. Just wasn't like, hey, you were able to 
you know, to do a bunch of deals, but also now we brought on Leah, who's just been an amazing part of the team. Absolutely. Her addition to the team, and, you know, she's out there cranking, and, you know, you're building something just really cool down down south. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited and, you know, I don't I don't want to inflate your ego too much, but you know, we appreciate everything that you've created and the opportunity for us to do that. Well, thank you. It's uh, it's 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 a fun ride. We'll keep going on there. So one thing I don't see on this is um I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the book here, Jenny. Where <laughs> where is the Pueblo expansion on here? I'm I'm uh oh, I'm squinting is it, is on it not there. on there. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't see it on there, font, so. you know? Yeah. yeah. So, I think that'll be a 2022 Okay. Goal. I think it's a 2021 happening right now. It is, but you know, we gotta we gotta put the take the training wheels off down there and go full uh, force uh, next year. But really, from I mean, from that that goals was just to you know take a step back, like successful transition you did, mm-hmm. and you know anyone out there going from a W two to being self employed, make sure to understand the consequences it has on your lending opportunities out there. Because yeah. as a W two person, you're very attractive. As a new self-employed person, you're not so attractive. Yep. I um, mean, yep. just from a lending standpoint. So make sure you understand that. Go to Google, listen to past podcasts, talk to your lender. But that is a, a very important thing to understand. Um, and then just, you know, we end up doing a, a lot of deals down there, growing a team, and really just like a long-term aspect of building a really great, like, you know, service for clients to use as well. So I, I've been thrilled at this, you know, expansion we've done and excited to see how, you know, as Pueblo builds out, not in a matter of if, but when, yep. um, especially with like Leah's connections and backgrounds down there, like as Pueblo builds out, you know, it's just going to be like, you know, great success. And I'm very excited to see what goals you guys write in the the next year's chapter of the yeah, book. Yeah, I think it'll be, it'll be good to have a running total for the next, you know, decade or so. I think that's a really cool idea. So as we talk about this, wrap this podcast, um, Jenny, just give, give your plug as to why someone should write a chapter in next year's book. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Uh, you know, I, I remember writing this chapter. It was fun being like, oh man, it would be really cool if we could pay off a property. And then it's like, oh man, we'd we did two properties this year. Like, it's just really fun to be able to kind of uh, dream big, you know, in the beginning of the year and then, you know, kind of see where you land come the end of the year. So, yeah, I- I'm looking forward to maybe even thinking bigger for next year. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. So listeners out there, um, you know, this, the book we publish every single year, it's an open invitation to people out there in Colorado. The connection is, somewhat invest in Colorado. You invest here, you live here, just that's the connection on here. Um, So reach out to us. We can send you a link to all like the writing guidelines on there. They're pretty basic, but please start thinking about writing a chapter, submit to us. They'll be due sometime in January. We'll start working on the next year's edition. But this is just an amazing way to hold yourself accountable and also just be able to network and learn what other people are doing around town as well. So please, please, please provide. And if you're a, I'm using air quotes here, a brand new investor with nothing nothing to contribute, I call BS um, because you absolutely have something to contribute and also you can write down your own goals and hold yourself accountable. We've all started at, you know, the starting line at, at mile 0.0. That's where we all start at. Yep. So start there and go there. You might be going to mile one, James and mile 10, whatever it is, but like we're all on that race. So do not be shy about what your perceived value add is. Just write your damn chapter and achieve your goals. <laughs> 
would be the way I would end it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Jenny, this is awesome. I am just stoked about talking about this. I'm excited to see what 2022 and 2023 and, you know, going out to 2030, see how that holds. Yeah. It's going to be a fun ride. Yeah. So thank you for so. all this. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for the opportunity. All right. Yeah. So, again, listeners out there, please contribute to the chapter. So on the website. Reach out to us. We'll hook you with the details. And of course, if you have questions on what to do with a property, your portfolio, buy your next rental, reach out to us. You know, we're happy to help you out. That's what we do. So, Jenny, thanks a lot. Thanks, Chris.